Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Cowboys Chat with Shap. My name is Zach Shapwurst. With me is Vinny Tadaro. And uh, this is the last episode we'll do of the overall 2022 season, as the uh, Super Bowl will be played before our next episode. Um, and I do want to talk a little bit about the, not so much the matchup, but the kind of team building strategies of the two teams in the Super Bowl. There's also some Cowboys news um, to talk about since our last episode. It's been a couple weeks. Um, but as, as always, we're going to start off with a trivia question this week. It is my turn to ask the question. And. I feel like this might be uh, be an easy one for you, but we'll see. Um, Don't count on it. Yeah. Um, so this guy is a running back who was drafted uh, out of uh, out of Ferrum College. So running back drafted out of Ferrum College, not by the Cowboys. Ferrum College. I never even heard yeah. of it. Yeah. I think you'll know the name when when we get to him. <laughs> Probably not the easiest starting out hint. I never I have no idea. I have no idea what Theorem College is. It sounds like one of those online crapshoots. <laughs> yeah. Um, college tells me it's easy. It gives me Theorem College. <laughs> yeah, right, Evan Smith. No, not not quite. Um, so, second hint, his son was a running back as well, and he went to the University of Texas. Um, I don't think he... He played one year uh, in the NFL with the Raiders. So, the two, the two hints are he's a running back, he went to Ferrum College, and his son was a running back as well for the University of Texas. Ironically, his son went undrafted despite coming from a bigger college. And no, this I guy went... I have no idea. Okay. I'll give you one more hint. I think this will probably give it away. Um, his He was drafted by and his most... Uh, the, the peak of his career was with the Seattle Seahawks. Chris Warren. Yeah. See, that's why that's the only name that came to mind when you mentioned Theram College. Okay. But I had no idea he went there. I just thought, I don't know, Chris Warren. I should have said it. Yeah, yeah. You, I, you know, when you said Emmett Smith, I was like, yeah, that's in in that same era. Yeah, not too far off. They were a good one-two punch. Yeah, yeah, for a couple of years. Um, so I guess we'll, let's start off with the the coaching staff. Um, there was a lot of of talk toward the end of the season that Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn were, were these smoking hot commodities and everyone was interviewing them. And yeah. at who this point, go, who said they weren't going to go anywhere? Um, that, yeah, that sounds, that sounds like something you said. Um, I, I think Dan Quinn, apparently, you know, the word is we, we offered him more money. Um, ah. And I, you know, I'm I'm glad he's back. Kellen Moore, 
not not so much. I'm, I was kind of hoping the uh, the Dolphins were going to get him. They were kind of our last hope, um, but but no. Uh, well, I'll tell you. I can tell you what happened with Dan Quinn. Yeah. Uh, people remember, okay, when he was a head coach, mm-hmm. he that was the most embarrassing Super Bowl performance in history, and then the Falcons went to hell, and people remember that. Um, he made he did a very good job as a defensive coordinator, but that's all he's good for. And people just sure. used him as leverage to get the people they wanted. And it was really embarrassing for him because I think he had ten, at least ten interviews. No one wanted him. Now Jerry Jones and Dan Quinn can say whatever they want. They're lying through their teeth when Jerry Jones says that Jerry Jones came out this utterly one of the stupidest things he's ever said, and he said a lot of stupid things. <laughs> he was saying that he he didn't endorse McCarthy in order to give Quinn leverage. Who the hell hangs their head coach out to dry in order to help on another coach find another job? Yeah, I mean it was. It's clear that he's just trying to cover up. He's just trying to cover up for Dan Quinn. Because yep. Dan Quinn got his ass handed to him and had That's a hard bit of reality handed to him. Nobody wants him. He's nothing but leverage in a search for a real head coach. That's all Dan Quinn is. Okay? And it also tells you what Jerry Jones thinks of Mike McCarthy. He has undercut Mike McCarthy's credibility and respect in the organization. And yeah. that's part of the culture of rot in Dallas. Okay? Yeah. That is part of the culture of rot. Now, I happen to think that McCarthy is a lousy head coach and should be fired. Yeah. But if you're going to do that, then just do it. Yeah. You know? Just get don't him out. Just, if you're going to keep him, don't denigrate him, especially in public. And yeah. that's what he did. He said, well, I use, he said, I use Mike McCarthy. I use Mike McCarthy to help Dan Quinn. I don't mm. care that I made Dan, I'm, I don't care if I make Mike, made Mike McCarthy look bad. I don't care if I, if I basically said his job was in jeopardy. I don't care. That's what he said. But I said, Coach, could you yeah, imagine what would happen if he did that to Jimmy Johnson or Bill Parcells or even Shan Gailey? Yeah. You know, it's just ridiculous. Kellen Moore, no, I'm sorry. He's not He's not the mastermind people think he is, all right? Yeah. His offenses too often went into the gutter, all right? They were the, yeah. they, they were, the numbers are misleading, all right? The numbers were very misleading last year. And yeah. he doesn't know how he doesn't know that the football game has four quarters. He thinks it's just the second, third, and fourth quarter. All right, and you know he called that infamous draw play, which yeah, you can argue whether it was a good call. What you can't argue is that they didn't practice it well, right? Or at least they didn't execute it well. I mm-hmm. mean, but that gets back to the fact that we have an idiot playing quarterback. Yeah. Well, I, and I think. You know that Kellen play. Moore is to blame for that, though, because Kellen yeah, Moore should have definitely. known better than to trust Dak Prescott. Well, and and it goes to, I mean, it's a couple things, but I think, uh, the 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 overall theme of the like the Kurt Warner video, and it ties into what we saw throughout the year, is a lack of precision and a lack of attention to detail. Um, that I think is is our one of our big flaws of, of our offense. We clearly have the talent, but what separates, well, you know, the... We don't have any good... quarterback. Yeah. Well, I... 
uh, and I it's in, that quote you said about Dan Quinn. I I think I heard something. Maybe this was part of the overall like you know part of the overall quote but i did hear jerry say something like you know he would consider hiring dan quinn yes. as head coach and you know, similarly similarly you know undercutting and and look you know it it very much seems like mike mccarthy is going to be in a very hot seat next year yeah. and, and like you said i'm not i'm also not a huge mike mccarthy fan i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing in and of itself but if you're going to replace him with dan quinn i don't know if that <laughs> really changes anything about this no. kind of culture of perpetual no, mediocrity at head coach no. but dan quinn has proven to jerry that he can coach a defense and then he'll be loyal to jerry right that's that's why he got that endorsement yep. and i i can't I can't even think of anything like this in professional football where an owner has uh, has done this to their head coach. I, I, I if, if somebody could, if somebody who knows more than me could point out an example where somebody's done this to their head coach who they were keeping, you yeah. know, they don't do this to yeah. head coaches they're firing. Yeah. Look what he did to right. Jason Garrett. He basically built him a yellow brick road out of Dallas. Yeah. All the way to New York. And, you know, he, I, I, Jerry hates Mike McCarthy. All right. Jerry is furious. Okay. And that's another reason why he's, he can't contain himself at this point. And I don't blame him for being furious, but he hired him. Okay. Mm -hmm. He should have known better. He kept him. He should have known better. And as much as you hate the guy, you really can't treat him like this in public. All right. Mm -hmm. Because of what it'll do to him and what it could do to the team. Because you're saying to your team, Hey, our head coach is a loser. Yeah, yeah. How, how's the team going to respect him a it? Excuse. Yeah, that, that that's you know that's absolutely it's in total football. That's yeah, it's absolutely necessary that the players respect. It, you know, I, th- I think the the notion of you know you need a disciplinarian. I think that's a little overblown. But you got to at the minimum, have a respect that the guy knows what he's doing and is competent, even if he's not, like, the greatest motivator. If he's if he's got great attention to detail, if he's really knowledgeable out, about the game, and if he's just a good... I think at the very... At the bare minimum, if he's just a really good leader. Like, I, I think Jimmy Johnson is a good example of that. I don't think he was a phenomenal X's and O's, like, tactician guy, but he was a great leader and a great, you know, motivator. And yeah, when the owner does something like that, it just takes away all your credibility and it really makes it impossible for the players to, to have any respect for you. Jerry's doing it for one other reason. Jerry can't admit Jerry, Jerry. The one thing that's constant with him is that he believes that he is a brilliant GM, and specifically that means assembling talent. He believes that he had a yeah. Super Bowl winning roster. He did not. He made mistake. He has him and Will McClay have made mistake after mistake after mistake. Now I'm not saying they're not a good team. Mm-hmm. This was a good team, okay? Um, but it was a very overhyped and over not very, but it was overrated and overhyped. And a lot of the blame for the failures has to go to the the people that Jerry and Will McClay 
picked to play for this team. That's and that's something that Jerry's trying to desperately to deflect attention away from. I, I agree with that, but but I I think there's much less blame to put on the personnel grouping. Like and you know there's certainly obvious mistakes and and one of these shows one of the, the next couple of shows I want to talk about recent drafts and like who we picked compared to who we could have picked who was available um but that said and, and you know there's there's some obvious ones but that said I think if you compare at least the last like 6 or 7 years um or even probably back to like Travis Frederick around that time um, compared to the other teams in the NFL, I think we've probably drafted better than ninety percent. Would be my That's not my guess. Much though, because I once That's did a fair. review of how teams draft. Dreams teams are miserable. Most teams me. suck. That's yeah, yeah. I have the magazines to prove it. You're right. I used to buy the magazines every year, and what they would do is they would look back at the previous year, and then the most telling one statistic, not statistic, the most telling information was when they would look back over five years or three years right. when top players had time to develop, yeah. and it's just unbel- it was just unbelievable how, how poorly teams drafted. I mean, you know, right. teams would teams would botch entire drafts, not have one starting player. I mean, yeah. that happened a lot. You know, it's just, it's just, you know, I just remember being, you know, being struck by how poorly teams drafted, but, um, but you know, there's, there's, you know, there's plenty of blame to go around. There's Mike McCarthy, who's, who's kind of a lummox, to be honest. And then there's the, the players who have to look in the mirror and, you know, guys who wanted huge money like Amari Cooper and Demarcus Lawrence and, uh, Dak Prescott, and who simply don't deserve that kind of money. They're just not that good. And um, they, and I, I love Micah Parsons because he's putting Demarcus Lawrence in perspective. He really is. And he's really kind of putting Randy Gregory in perspective too because Randy Gregory's not that great either. Um, and Randy Gregory has been basically a pain in the ass for us for most of the time he's been here. Um, yeah. And then you look over at... Um, you know, you look over at guys who don't get a lot of publicity. I mean, Dak Prescott is very spoiled, and part of the reason he's gotten the deals and the money is because he where he plays. But if you look at a guy like Ryan Tannehill, who you and I both liked a couple of years ago, he doesn't get much attention at all, but he's definitely a superior quarterback to Dak Prescott. And uh, even Joe Burrow. Okay, yeah. who's a great quarterback? Yeah. He hasn't got he hasn't, he hasn't gotten a lot of bully because he played because of where he plays and who he plays right. for. You know, so you have to realize the, the the media dynamics and the fan dynamics involved here. We're creating, and this is something Jimmy Johnson said that, that everybody in Dallas thinks they're better than they are. You know, so what they need is they need somebody to go in there and to just smack them across the face like a Bill Parcells would, yeah, and cut them down to size. And I saw a little Stop bit of that this the year in the benchings. There were a couple benchings, and I thought they provided some hope, but yeah. there wasn't. There just it still was not disciplined enough for this team to stop committing penalties, and the penalties right. were a combination of poor leadership and just lack of talent. I mean, if you're not good enough, you have to cheat. It's as simple as that. 
and that's what you get from the Connor Williams of the world, who I said when the you know from the time they made him guard, I said he's not the guard that we need. Forget about it, write him off. And now he's going to be gone, and he had what like twenty holding penalties this year. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, anybody who was over three hundred pounds just walk right by him like he wasn't standing there, mm-hmm. and um, you know we we could you know you, you, you took. Taco Charlton over T.J. Watt. You took yeah. um, Tristan Hill over even Juan Thornhill, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Tristan Hill is a horrible pick. Yeah. Taco Charlton was a horrible pick, you know? And Leighton Vanderish is a bust. Mm-hmm. He's the first-round bust. You had Calvin Ridley, who I was screaming for at the time, who's now a star in the league. Yeah. All right? If he ever plays so, again. Yeah, if you ever, yeah, then you take off. I yeah. took off for personal reasons. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, if you ever plays again, but still, you know, there's there's a lot that, that Jerry and Will McClay have to answer for. And unfortunately, Jerry's antics, I don't know if this is, he does this on purpose. I'm, I'm not, because I think that he really, you know, I, I think that he's afraid people are going to um, be critical of his babies. Troy Aikman used to say this. Troy Aikman, when, when he was on the team, he would say, you know, Jerry's made some great draft picks, but he acts like everything he picks is gold. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, that that's a big, that's a problem for this team is that, um, you know, they, they, they're just going to be a very important offseason because there, there are certain guys that they need to retain and there are certain positions they need to upgrade. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't think it's a lot. I don't think they're far off. You know, yeah. but then, you know, then you still got the ghost of Mike McCarthy there. Right. And no, and, and I think, like I said, the, uh, you know, the, there's definitely some things we could have done better, but, but you could say that about every team regards to drafting overall. I think we've been good and better than most, but it doesn't matter if you don't have the coach that can put it all together. And, and that, wow. Jerry, Jerry needs to realize that's part of his responsibility. And that's he should be his number one responsibility is getting a coach who can like the the you look at a coach like Mike Tomlin who had an absolute garbage team this year and they still made the playoffs somehow. Right. Like there's there's coaches out there like that right. um, that just you know they right. they get the best out of their team and I think. Dan Quinn, I'll give him credit. I think he kind of, at least, is is close to doing that for the defense specifically. I don't think he'd be able to do that as a head coach. He he showed he wasn't great at that, but that's the primary responsibility. I think is you, is you take the the sum of the total pieces and is the end result, you know, the bar exactly what the the players talent combined talent equals is it better or is it worse and i think this year our sum total was the sum of our parts was worse than our than our talent and um you know it doesn't look like that's going to change based on you know mike mccarthy coming back and based on dan quinn being likely the next guy up one question i wanted to pose to you because the the Super Bowl that we're about to that's about to happen is an interesting juxtaposition of you've got this one team beyond we talk about how they were built because I think that's an interesting point as well but 
you've got the the Rams who are, you know, everyone, I think most people agree, Sean McVay is one of the better coaches in the NFL, one of the best play callers, without a doubt, and, and the best play designers. You've got him and you've got Matthew Stafford, who's played well in the playoffs and and, and probably had his most you know, his best season in terms of raw statistics. But still, at least I wouldn't consider him in the same league as Brady Rogers or even Joe Burrow. Um, I think he's very much propped up by the system. And then on the other side, you've got Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's already as good. It's very close to being as good as Aaron Rodgers. Right, I do too. I, I think Burrow already is in that in that conversation. And, and what I'm saying is Stafford, you've got, you know, he he had a good year, but he was also in a optimal situation versus Burrow, who I don't think, you know, you put a random quarterback in Cincinnati, I don't think they would have done nearly as well. They they didn't have they got Jamar Chase. I mean, he's a star, no question. But I don't see anything really special about their play design, and I don't see anything special about you know the supporting cast outside wow. of Jamar Chase. So my well, there's a couple things. Yeah. One is that there we all know that there are teams in this league whose talent helps them overcome coaching that isn't as good as it should be. Uh, Barry yeah. Switzer was a prime example of that. Um, had the Cowboys drafted better. Um, if they had a T.J. Watt, if they had a Calvin Ridley, if they hadn't blown, if they hadn't traded Char- Ward away for nothing, stupid moves like that, if they, um, then they would have overcome the poor coaching. Um, they would have yeah. so much talent, it wouldn't matter who they played. They could play the Pro Bowl squad. All right? So the, the you know, you, you, I don't like to overlook the personnel end of it. Um, and... You know these. You know you have to wonder what they're going to do in the draft this year and what they're going to do in free agency because yeah. you know they're, they're up against the cap and they're they're floating some big names around there as possible cap casualties. Not the Cowboys yeah. per se, but you know. But, but then, then Jerry's come out and publicly denigrated Amari Cooper. Right. So that tells me that you know he's he talked to the in, public, in private and has not gotten the response that he wants. So yeah. that really tells me that there's. There's some kind of problem there, though. But, you know, Cooper Cooper is still a very good player. And, you know, do you want to, you know, then you got Gallup and Wilson who are, who are free agents. you got Dalton yeah. Schultz. I don't think you can let Dalton Schultz walk. I really don't. I think if he walks, this offense is really going to suffer. You know, yeah. people don't realize how valuable he quickly, he was just, he's just so quiet. Yeah. There's nothing flashy about the guy. You know, if he had a couple of 60-yard touchdown runs, people would be talking about him in the same breath as they do Travis Kelsey. But you know, yeah. he's not that. He's not that explosive. You know, but he gets open. And hey, he moves the chains. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. And they, they cannot let him go. They hit on a fourth-round draft pick. That's great. They did it. It was a great pick. I, it yeah. fooled me. Okay. Yeah, I it was not me. crazy about and, it at the time. No. You know, don't let it, don't let it go. And the same thing with Cedric Wilson. You and I liked Cedric Wilson a lot when he was picked. Yep. Okay, especially that low. And, um, and you know, do you want? You know, you're so proud of your drafting, um, and your homegrown talent. You know, you really you can't let it go. 
Yeah, especially guys that you can get at a at a reasonable you know price, which I think Cedric Wilson you will, Dalton Schultz not. I, I think he could command near top dollar, but but we'll see. I mean, and it's a fair point. I think if if we had drafted perfectly, maybe this is not an issue. Maybe our talent carries us, but I, I just don't think that's a realistic solution because no team is realistically going to draft the best player possible every time. So, uh, yeah, again, overall, I'd say that our our drafting has been good. Our, our Now, our replenishing in terms of free agent in free agency has been pretty bad. But overall, I think our talent level has pretty frequently been been good, and that's why I go go to coaching. But the question I was going to pose to you is from for this particular combo that we have, you've got Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy. Do you think we would have a better chance with a, an approach like the Rams where you had like Sean McVay come in and you keep Dak Prescott, you keep the team talent um, about the same, or if you had Mike McCarthy at coach, you know, just kind of a, a guy in there, but then you had a, you know, top quarterback like a Joe Burrow or a Brady or Rogers, which do you think of those two options give you a, gives you a better chance better quarterback gives you a better chance I think but I think that you know I think that you got to do everything that you can because the league is so competitive right now and if you look at the Los Angeles Rams they have a very they have a hell of a quarterback and they've got a hell of a coach and they've got some great players on that team and you know we you know the other thing about Will McClay and Jerry Jones is you know you say that you know they they hit on these players no-brainers C.D. Dillon was a no-brainer Everybody was screaming for him. Micah Parsons was a no-brainer. You know, once those cornerbacks went off the board, Micah, Micah Parsons was a no-brainer. You know, unless you, somebody was going to give you some super package to draft, um, yeah, to draft down. But yeah. you know, there was they fell into the Cowboys' laps. That was luck. You know, yeah. and last year's draft was a lot of luck. They, 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 a lot of players fell to them, and they made a bad move in the fourth round last year in that they they traded back into the fourth round for Tyler Biotish, who they could have just taken with their regular fourth round pick. Mm-hmm. You know, who instead they wasted on somebody whose name we don't even remember. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I would agree that the definitely things in some of the drafts, and, I mean, last year, <laughs> at the time, it seemed like things had gone as poorly as they could have because the corners got drafted and ended up working out quite nicely. But... I will say, hindsight being twenty twenty, a lot of these picks seem obvious, but at least at the time, definitely with CeeDee Lamb, I was pretty convinced we were going to go with Caleb on Chase on. Um, it's, it's, it reminds me of you know commentators talking about Trayvon Diggs last year, where they're like, yeah, these are most of these interceptions, he's you know they're just throwing them right to him, which is fair, but. Most cornerbacks will drop them, and and I feel like that's that's kind of the NFL draft for you. And the Cowboys have gotten lucky, but in their you know to their credit, they've not blown it when things have fallen their way for the most part. I I would say you know that Tristan Hill year was the, was the uh, 
exception in the, the last couple ones. But, um, but yeah, I want to, uh, so a couple pieces of, of news, the, there, there was, uh, a post Dorrance Armstrong made, you know, suggesting that he was going to be leaving for sure. Um, not that he's a, a huge name, probably, I would say fifth on the list of, of team free agents behind, uh, Gallup, Dalton Schultz, Gregory, probably curse. Um, but he was probably our third best pass rusher this year. So that's our third best true defensive end. If you don't count Mike Parsons. Um, so, and he definitely had a better, his best year with the team, but I, I'm not too worried about that one. I think we can replace him with, um, Terrell Basham or Golston, our rookie from the year before. But yeah, Amari Cooper, that I'm worried about him. That's about losing Armstrong? Yeah. Okay. Terrell Basham's never, he's always gonna be what he is. Basham you know, yeah. Golston is, you know, maybe he's got a, a higher ceiling because he's new and you know, we know much about him, but Terrell Basham is just a bit player. Yeah. You know, and Dorrance Armstrong is a guy who, you know, You'd like to keep him, but then you got to wonder if there's some stupid team out there who's going to see see all sorts of potential in him, you know? Yeah, there and, probably uh, will be. You know, but uh, if they get rid of Demarcus Lawrence, they'll keep Dorrance Armstrong. Yeah, I I think I've, I think I've said this before on the show. I think we're either going to get rid of Demarcus Lawrence or Randy Gregory. I, I doubt we're going to get rid of both of them, um, and. Frankly, I don't think we're going to get rid of Lawrence just because of the... I don't think we're going to get rid of Ezekiel Elliott either. He's the guy that I would much more rather get rid of of the two. I, I think he's clearly not played up to his contract. Lawrence, when he was healthy last year, I thought played well. Um, but yeah, I, I doubt we're going to cut Lawrence with all the cap ramifications of that and let Randy Gregory walk. Um, but I could see us signing Gregory and then maybe trading Lawrence or potentially cutting him. But from a cap standpoint, it, it does make the most sense of, of all these kind of high paid players we have. Amari Cooper is the one that makes the most sense from a dead cap standpoint it's not going to hurt nearly as much cutting him compared to obviously Dak, but even Lawrence, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, what do you think? And we'll we'll talk more about the draft and and you know positional groups as as we go along. But in just general, what do you think of getting rid of Amari Cooper and moving receiver to like a higher priority pick? No. Which, yeah. <laughs> no way. No. Okay. No, he spent that first round draft pick on Amari Cooper. He's a very good player. Um, he's a player that was underutilized. He's a player who's somewhat underperformed, too. But he's yeah. also a player who's really done a lot for Dak. And uh, they seem to have a certain comf comfort level. And um, you can't take a chance um, on a wide receiver in, the, in this draft. Um, you can't do that. Um, they're not going to come in and be anything near Amari Cooper in all likelihood. And you just can't take that kind of risk. 
I, I got four. I got four quality wide receivers. Um, I, you know, I want to. I want to hang on to those guys. I don't want to yeah. go into the draft um, and take a crapshoot, which is what they'll do. You know. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't think that. Uh, I think you know when you got a good thing, you keep it. And uh, Gallup, I don't know if Gallup's going to get much of a contract because he's so ripped up. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's hard to. It is tough because as the you know calorie calorie the salary cap person in me, you know Cooper has, has clearly not played up to his did not play up to his contract this year and and you know there's multiple reasons for that like you said but um, I will say receivers have been uh, you know pretty you know immediate impact players in the last two years specifically um that makes me that makes me you know consider it at least but at least from what i've seen you know at least from initial glancing at draft the draft uh, you know position players where where you know different positional groups are expected to be. It doesn't seem like it's a super strong draft for receivers. Um, and that would, you know, if we got rid of Amari Cooper, you've got CeeDee Lamb, and then you've got Gallup coming back from a major injury. Cedric Wilson, yeah, he's a nice three, but I don't think you can rely on him as your number two receiver. And then you're basically going to have to draft a receiver with your first-round pick. And yeah. and who knows if there's a, if there's someone out there that is a good value, right? So I'm I'm kind of hoping we don't go that route. But first round first round pick has to go should go to left tackle or defensive tackle. You can't yeah. you, you can't do another wide out. Yeah, you, you spent the first rounder on Amari Cooper. You spent the first rounder on C.D. Lamb. You need right help on the the old line there and, and the interior of the defense and um, I just think that you know they have to find a way to uh, maybe cut somebody uh, maybe Demarcus Lawrence but they also have to wait, find a way to restructure contracts which I think they can do um, Dak has a huge hit which can be greatly reduced well he has and, uh, I think already restructured his I, I think they freed up 16 million is what I heard that's it yeah yeah because it's just short one. It's for it's a four year deal, um, but yeah, I I would like to see them restructure. I mean, if we're gonna keep Amari, this is where kind of the strategy comes in. It, it makes sense to restructure guys that you don't want to cut, and that's another data point on getting rid of Amari Cooper is that we didn't restructure his contract last year. Um, right. So we'll see. I, you know, if if we did cut him or you know just get rid of him, maybe look to free agency. But I don't think outside of Devonte Adams, who would be obviously optimal, um, I don't think there's anyone else out there in free agency that's even close to Amari Cooper. Um, so yeah, I. Well, I think you know, that the would Cowboys, be a you know, they're so proud of their drafting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they do have a number of players who they drafted who we do want to keep around. I think they should keep them around. Yeah. Um, and, the same, you know, I think they need to do what they can do with the cap. There's a lot There's a lot of manipulation that can be done with the cap. Mm-hmm. I think it's 
it's definitely a hindrance to, to every team. It definitely makes things harder for every team. It definitely makes them get rid of players that they want to keep. There are yep. people out there saying right now the salary cap doesn't have any effect on uh, the yeah. personnel decisions, but that's not true. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think its impact is overstated by a lot of people, and I think Dallas can I think Dallas can make some moves to free up some money. Yeah. Yeah, if you really want to keep Amari Cooper, you can find a way to do that. But I'm I'm not convinced they do. I mean, I mean, just the fact that they uh, chose not to restructure him last year when we needed to free up a lot of cap space, um, that kind of says it all. And and I think this year um, it'll be the same. Like if if we choose not to restructure Zeke Zeke's contract, for example. I think that's a pretty good indication we're going to move on from him next year, which I'm hoping for. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I hope I'm wrong, and, and we do keep Amari Cooper because I think it, it's definitely a big gamble, and, and it really changes our draft strategy if we do get rid of him. But, um, okay. yeah, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, I think that – That'll do it for this week. Um, but thanks all for, for tuning in. We'll be back next week to uh, to do our first post-2022 or 2021 regular NFL season. Uh, so, uh, yeah, thanks all for tuning in. We'll, uh, we'll see you next week.